This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Shut up and sit down. It's our weekly baseball podcast with Kevin Gorman of the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Kevin covers the Pirates for us. We talk baseball once a week with him. Lots to talk about surrounding the Pirates. A little on the field, a lot off of it. We'll start, Kevin, with the unfortunate news about O'Neill Cruz. We found out this week that his return to baseball might be slowed because he has plateaued, in the Pirates' words, in terms of his rehab. What do you take that to mean, and how do you think this plateauing of his rehab will affect him moving forward to 2024? Well, I, I think all eyes are on 2024, to be honest with you, Tim. I, I think the Pirates have looked at it as there's no need to push O'Neill Cruz to get back for what could be just the final few weeks of the season if he were to stay on the timetable, although the timetable was always best-case scenario. The Pirates have been very cautious about you know, giving a, a you know specific dates on when they think he should be at certain stages because – they needed to establish a baseline for him to get back. And he's not been able to establish the baseline because he ends up able to start running without doing so without any soreness or pain. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's essentially O'Neill Cruz. We spoke to him yesterday and he was, uh, you know, still optimistic that there was a chance he could play this season, but that doesn't appear to be, um, you know, real logical when you look at the time frame of having to get running, having to get back into a rehab assignment, and do so before the minor league season ends and get, you know, to be in time for what would be the final week of the Pirates season. So and none of it really makes a whole lot of sense. There's still possibility that he could play some instructional ball in Florida, uh, that he could be involved in the Arizona Fall League and even, uh, you know, play for the in the Dominican Winter League, uh, which I wrote about today, is that his team, the Tigres del Ice, uh, they're playing a three-game series at City Field in New York, uh, that there's maybe that's maybe that's a timeline. When I asked him that question, he kind of laughed and chuckled a little bit. Um, so it was maybe maybe that's maybe for him is is maybe a more definitive timeline. Is okay by November he should be able to play, and maybe he'll have a chance to play in a major league ballpark this year, if not this season. So let me clarify some of that, and maybe what Todd Tomzik was saying too. This is being labeled as a foot problem, right? So that's not necessarily directly associated with the ankle is this like him compensating for the ankle not being healed yet in his rehab is that the theory well he said foot but you know i'm guessing they consider the ankle part of the foot um there's sometimes you know for example henry davis told us that he has a thumb injury he was listed as a hand strain and essentially the part of the hand uh you know that they were talking about is the thumb so (laughs) sometimes they're not as specific in these injuries when they're describing them but uh, essentially, he, he felt something when he, you know, whether it was soreness or pain, when he started to run on a treadmill. And then Cruz just said out of caution, he shut it down, didn't want to make it worse. So, um, you know, but what it really tells you is that this is a guy who, you know, walks around fine, 
but when he had to do some, you know, more physical exertion uh, and the type the pirates are more interested in seeing before they send him on a rehab assignment, that that there was an issue. Again, Kevin Gorman with us. It's our weekly baseball podcast here at Trib Live, talking about the Pirates. The other piece of news tonight: Paul Skeens in Altoona. What do we think of that, Kevin? Well, yeah, I mean that, that's that's the big thing is that you know we'll see what type of whether Paul Skeens can be back in time, you know, to play for the Pirates this season. Uh, he, he's Ben Sheraton has said that he's going to be throwing no more than twenty innings, you know, this minor league season. And, uh, you know, so when you start to think about that, if he's throwing one to two innings at a time right now, which I would imagine there's a buildup that's going to go on because he threw 122 and two-third innings at LSU this season. So he's already thrown, for him, a complete season. So they're kind of slowly bringing him along, but he's looked good. He was, you know, the, the competition was completely overmatched against him in low A. So I, I think, you know, the Pirates could have sent him to Greensboro, but I think they wanted to keep him under close watch and I think uh, Greensboro was on the road, so Altoona kind of makes sense. Um, that, that I think when you look at the the type of competition that he faced in college baseball, I've had you know baseball analysts tell me that's akin to Class A baseball in the majors in the minor leagues. Um, so Double A is probably a little more of a step up in challenge, and, and I think it'll be interesting to see how he does there. But I, I don't expect to see him throw maybe more than two. If, if, if anything, more than two innings, maybe three innings. But I would imagine his pitch count somewhere in the 35 to 40 pitch range right now. What do they want him working on? Because, you know, I've kind of heard the conversation about already him not trying to blow everybody away, i.e. pitching to contact, working on spreading out his array of pitches. And some Pirates fans are in that mode of, well, they're going to screw him up already and just get him away from doing what he does best. Uh, what do you think about that part of the conversation? Well, I think it's a valid concern, for one, is that this is a guy who was absolutely dominant, and then you're seeing them try, okay, let's try some different things. And it's like, you know, sometimes you want to see just what works. I think what the Pirates are trying to see, they know that he has a fastball that when he's at his optimum, you know, is is going to be sitting somewhere around 99 to 100 miles an hour. You know, this, this is a guy who touches that pretty regularly. Uh, he also has a pretty wicked slider. What we've seen from more from him is now him throwing the change up the curve and the uh, in the sinker, and, and so what you're seeing is a guy trying to develop a five pitch arsenal, which is what he's going to need to be at pitching at the major league level. There's very few guys that are capable of, you know, maybe a Spencer Strider of being a two pitch guy in the major leagues. You have to be really, really effective and efficient with those pitches that you have to to, to be able to rely only on two. So I think what the Pirates want to see is. They know that he has a lot more pitches in his arsenal, and I think they want to see that repertoire expanded during these minor league sessions. And they also want to see how he faces, you know, different levels of competition. It would not surprise me if he, you know, finishes the season at AAA uh, and, and, you know, puts himself in position so that when he comes into spring training next year, that this is a guy who's competing for a spot in the starting uh, rotation. As far as this weekend goes, Kevin, as we look at the Pirates and where they sit, um, they've got the Cubs in town who are competing for at least a wild card, trying to keep up with the Brewers on top of the division. Ian Happ had the big hit, the local kid, last night. Does McCutcheon get to home run number 300 against the Cubs? Um, I think it's the third most of any team. Uh, of course, playing against the division so often as he does, the third most of any team he's faced when it comes to his home run total is against Chicago. Hey, he hit one off of Drew Smiley earlier in the season as a leadoff hitter. Maybe maybe that happens on Sunday. What do you think? 
Well, knowing Andrew McCutcheon and how his pursuit of 2,000 hits uh, took until the last day of the homestand, and he was very much relieved about that, there's going to be some pressure on him this weekend to try to get that that 300th homer. Uh, And and he's had two in the last week, so certainly the guy is capable of, of hitting a home run because he went from June 30th until, what, August 19th without one. So he he doesn't want to talk about it. It's not a subject he's willing to really uh, explore with reporters. But certainly when he pinch hit last night, um, that McCutcheon came up and there was a you know kind of a buzz in the crowd. I, I would like to see it maybe perhaps be on Saturday with the Hall of Fame ceremony. You would hope that the Pirates would have a good crowd uh, and, and be able to do it in front of some of the former Pirate greats that'll be there. Um, you know, I, I think Dave Parker is going to be one of them, a, a guy he just passed, I believe, on the Pirates RBIs, all-time RBIs list. And so I, I think there's going to be some pressure on him, but I also think that you know he knows now that be, being so close that he has time. But I also think that sometimes these players, and I'm going to use Albert Pujols as an example, when he was coming up on a 700 last year, it seems like maybe they kind of start to lock in a little bit when they get close. And and some people put pressure on themselves and other guys just kind of zero in and maybe you're seeing the ball a little bit better or maybe they're a little more anxious to swing and, and put a good, you know, put a good swing on the ball. So I get that impression with Andrew McCutcheon that he's that type of guy, that he's a little bit more locked in on this and, and knows that he just kind of wants to get it over with, but also knows that it's within reach and that it's something that's probably going to happen this season. Uh, hopefully this weekend. It would be nice nice to see him do it in front of a home crowd and especially a good crowd. What's the organizational thought on Palacios? Um, you know, I, I, I think they like him because of two things. He's a guy who can play all three outfield positions, and he's a guy, even though he doesn't have a great batting average, it, it hits really well in pitch hit situations. So that, that's the type of guy you want as your fourth outfielder. And he's a guy who's made some spectacular plays in the outfield, even though I don't know that anybody would say he's a great outfielder. You know, I think he's a good outfielder. But um, I, I think they like what they've found there. And, and I think that they like having a nice, you know, left-handed bat that they can bring off the bench. That kind of complements the right-handed bats that would typically play right field like Henry Davis and Connor Joe. So, I mean, this is a guy I think they kind of look at it as like a nice little organizational find. That, that they you know that, that they were able to get him and bring him in and find some success. I don't know if he's the long term answer. He's 28 years old, and, and this is a team that's really you know veering more toward the, the young players. But certainly a guy that that is you know taking advantage of his opportunities and, and one who seems to never be you know the, the moment never seems to be too big for him. He's a he's a guy who comes up big when the Pirates need him to, and then that's that's made him fun. That he's a high energy guy who seems to thrive in you know high-pressure situations. Lastly, Kevin, your thoughts on Bay since he has returned. Um, looking at the on-base percentage, it's at 440 since he's come back. Six walks, five hits. Overall, your impressions since he's come back from injury. Yeah, and he made a nice catch in center field that was kind of underrated. But, I mean, that's that's one of the things I, I think we're going to see more of him in center field, um, that which would give the Pirates kind of the luxury of, of, of having, you know, Reynolds and left – Sawinski in, uh, in could could play any of the three. You have Henry Davis and Wright and Palacios and Connor Joe. I mean, all of a sudden you kind of have a lot of options there with Connor Joe being able to play some first base. Um, that that I, I think that gives the Pirates a lot of depth. You know, they can always play second if necessary, but it seems like maybe his future is in center. But certainly um, gives them a nice right-handed option that could be at the top of the order. And 
you know, if they're putting him at the bottom of the order, there's a guy who gets on base and can create some havoc on the bases. I, I still think we're, we we have yet to see the best of Jiwon Bay, but certainly the Pirates kind of like what he brings to their lineup, and, and I think that's why he's here and a guy like Rodolfo Castro is not. Kevin, thanks. We'll do it again next week as the Pirates move through September. Encourage everybody to read your stuff at Trib Live, covering the Pirates as they go through this, and we'll await Andrew McCutcheon's number 300. That's the next thing on the calendar, isn't it? Yeah, you hope so. <laughs> I, just, I just hope it's not in the uh, bottom of the 10th inning. You know, it's one of those things where give, give us a chance to write about it, you know, when, when he does it. So I saw a chart, you know, when his home runs, he tends to hit him in the first inning. So there you go. Look out for that. Uh, and uh, also read a lot of what Kevin writes about the baseball, excuse me, the uh, Pirates Hall of Fame ceremonies that are taking place. Yeah, and it's really a shame that they didn't get Elroy Face and Dick Grote in the first year. That That's that to me is the one where the Pirates, they had 19 players they inducted. They should have had 21. Nice, perfect number given the Pirates' history with Roberto Clemente. Um, you know, I, I'm sure Dick Grote's family will, will be there and be represented for one of uh, Western Pennsylvania's all-time greats. Kev, thanks. We'll do it again next week. Thanks for having me, Tim. Kevin Gorman, Trib Live, our weekly baseball podcast with him at Breakfast with Ben's.